0: Hey guys, welcome to The Soundboard Show where we talk to the biggest entrepreneurs in the world. And today I've got Ben Soffer. He is the founder and creator of the Boy With No Job Instagram page, which has over a million followers, and also the founder of Spritz Society, which is a premium cocktail beverage. So we have something in common, kind of the influencer world being in early, you know? Yep. And I thought it was interesting. I read that you said you started the page and went into this Without the goal of creating a brand, yep. And I've interviewed over 100 influencers, and most of them, it's hey, if I hit a million followers, I can get the the merch on Fanjoy, and I can sell hoodies and make a bunch of money. And that's always kind of in the back of their mind, where you took a different approach. So, what was your goal in the beginning?
1: Yeah, so first, thank
0: you for having me. Very excited. Of
1: I'm gonna clear my throat a couple of times during this. It's just the allergy. So when I, <coughs> go ahead, I don't know if we wanna keep it in or if we wanna get it out. Maybe <laughs> we we'll keep it in. Uh, but we started this, uh, originally my wife started her Instagram account to drive followers to her blog. She had a small blog. She was on her phone all the time. It was, we were dating for three, four months. I was like, we, we have to hang out. Like we're sitting in bed. You're just on your phone, right? And she's like, you know, you could get on your phone too. That way, like we're both just in social, (laughs) sitting next to each other. And they both popped off. And it really, I swear to God, there was zero intention of ever launching a business, ever making a dollar. The first time that we got a brand campaign, it was like, we can make money from this. And when I started it, I was in college and I was deciding I wanted to be a dentist my whole life. Just like classic, Jewish, New York. <laughs> yes, of course. Be a dentist, yep. Ben. You're, You're going cr- yes. Be a dentist, yeah. right? Of and I realized that I didn't wanna be a dentist. I. This is built, way more fun. Yeah, I built <laughs> a boy with no job. We were up to like a couple hundred thousand followers and I had a creative advertising teacher that was like, you know, this is pretty cool. Like you have reach, like these advertising companies have reach. You should really think more about this. What year are we talking? Uh, We're talking, oh, I always get my years wrong. Good ballpark. Uh, This is 10, 11 years
0: ago, 12. Oh, so this is before- 10 years ago? This is before (laughs) influencer marketing is a thing. Oh yeah. And before a career.
1: Yeah, we were like, we were super, super, super early. Yeah. Super early, but yeah, pre-career. And I framed my career around social influencer advertising marketing. Mm, Smart. Because I saw, what this was and what this could be. And I always wanted to be this two pronged business influencer, be able to share experiences with clients that I'm seeing on the influencer side and then bring back practices to pitch to brands that I'm seeing on the other side. So started just doing both, but obviously abandoned dentistry. And uh, smart move. it was a smart move Yeah, uh, and Went full force into getting a digital marketing major, whatever that means. And I have a random minor in chemistry because of the dentistry. Okay. And went to work at
0: advertising agencies for a decade. You know, it's funny. You're so, first of all, you're early in influencer marketing. Yeah. But you're also early in the entrepreneur influencer space. Where like now it's a thing. Yeah. It's an Elon Musk of the world. is kind of the you know, the the grandfather of this whole thing. It's like, it's not good enough to just be a successful entrepreneur. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Of course I want a bunch of money. That's that's the first goal. (laughs) By the way, give me that. (laughs) You can have my Instagram, give me that. Give me a bunch of money, but people want that. The people who have that, it's not enough. No, it's not enough. I want a million followers on Instagram too. Exactly. And that can't really be bought. So that's why it's so desirable. Yeah, exactly. And it's just
1: like, I don't, I don't know what else you do with the following if it's long-term, if it's not launching a business that's authentic to your community. Yep. Because at least for me, I can't make YouTube videos into my 60s. Like it's just not like a thing that, like I, I can't do stunts. I'm not a stunt guy. No. I'm not a pranking you at your local <laughs> grocery store. Like no. there's just like a period of longevity. I feel like it's like being an actor. Like mm-hmm. if you crush it, you never need to work again and you're fine. Yep. If you don't crush it though, then you're, acting into your 60s, you're taking roles that you don't want to take. And so ultimately the path for me was building a business.
0: You know, it's funny, you know, you kind of saw the influencer, you know, the influencers grow up and the smart ones now are doing exactly that. Yeah. You look at the, you know, I interviewed Charlie D'Amelio like a month ago and you look at somebody like her and it's like, yeah, originally she was just a, you know, relatable, cute girl dancing. But now she's so much more than that, right? She's a, she's a beat, they're all VCs now. They're all yeah. starting their own startups because it was like, it's not just enough to make money for brands and get a check. I'm working for somebody like yep. we talked about before, yep. right? Yeah. There's really no risk that way. Yeah. But you're also not gonna get super rich that way either. Yeah. You, know, you get really rich by owning something.
1: You're also gonna continue to dilute your following and your followers are gonna end up turning on you if you just do inauthentic brand campaign after inauthentic brand campaign. The Demilio side of it is interesting because they can work with any brand they want. So they could seek out, okay, I love wearing X. I wanna do a collab with them and have my own line. So from their perspective, it's funny, I don't know. I mean, the VC piece makes sense. If they have access to early deal flow, why not use their money to and their level of influence to get better valuations and end up helping the brand. But if I had 200 million followers, I would be approaching brands Telling them what I want to do for them, knowing that I could get a million plus for anything I want. You know, it's it's what such a great, position it's such a different level of scale. Oh, the yeah. VC piece makes a lot of sense to me. The owned oh. businesses for them, it's funny. I don't I don't know if mm. it makes sense. I think that they should really just approach the gap and say, I want to have a line at the gap. I want X royalties, cause yeah. I'm gonna sell this. I'm gonna bring in this consumer that you're now missing because the gap is aged up, right? Like yeah. they're in such a position of power amongst that Gen Z millennial that oh my God. It's, it's a no brainer.
0: It's funny, and even like the, the, you know, the person watching this who has 10,000 followers on Instagram and they're in Ohio watching this, they've got power too. It's oh, yeah. funny cause you now you see down to the micro influencers and they've got their whole little universe too, which that can be monetized and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I
1: talk about it all the time as it relates to spurt society and why you should, it, it, it's really in my investor pitch. It's like, there are influencers with a hundred million followers that can't sell anything.
0: 100% true. There are influencers
1: true. with 10,000 followers that can build a business. Yeah. It's because their audience cares about them. It really just comes back to, have you authentically built your following? Did you, that's why I always say like people, nine nine, I was gonna say nine times out of 10, nine billion times out of a billion, that's not good math. Uh, if you, if you yeah. try to become an influencer, you're not gonna, it's not gonna happen because yeah. your audience sees straight through you. They're like, why am I following this schmuck yep. when they're just trying to monetize me? I get it. I'm sitting at a nine to five. They're trying not to sit at their nine to five and they're trying to make some money on Instagram. The people that go out have a craft, go deep in it, whether it's music, it's art, it's pranks, it's memes, it's whatever it is, and do it because they love it and get a following, then all of a sudden you can look back like, oh, these people love what I'm doing, they trust me, and more more important than anything, they want me to succeed. Because they like me. Yep. Like I grew up a huge basketball fan. Oh, right? me too. I'm a huge I, junkie. I, I like, season yeah. starts Tuesday, I think. Tip off. Wow. I just really, I just really saw that on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Really it snuck up. October. That's crazy. Yes. So, so diehard Nick fan. I hear from the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. Grew up Nick fan my whole
0: life. Amari Stoudemire was. I'm a Suns guy, actually. Really? Well, I lived at Phoenix for eight years and I had season tickets during the Nash and Stoudemire years wow. for five years with wow. my best friend. Oh my God. So I've seen that team. I saw a hundred so games good. of those
1: you guys. Had the, that team is amazing with Sean Marion. I mean, we couldn't win anything. Yeah, but it's so, so yeah. good. I don't
0: care. I mean, they were so Nick fun. you winning? We're yeah. not trying to win. We're <laughs> trying to have good
1: years. Oh, they were so Trying fun. to make the playoffs and just... Yeah. But uh, I bring it up because Amari Stoudemire launched a wine brand called Stoudemire Wines. He hadn't been playing in the league for 10 years. Of course I bought it in a second because I love him, I want to support him. Yeah, it was good. But even if it was bad, it doesn't matter to me. I bought it because I love him and I support him, right? And that's what this is in this world. If you build an audience authentically, it's like having a million friends that want to support you and see you win. And ultimately, not all products are amazing. Like we're supporting products all day long that are subpar. Like I go to the grocery store and I pick up a Dasani. Dasani tastes- Disgusting. Aquafina. It's disgusting. Aquafina is disgusting, even though the worst. Evian. I know. I like Evian. No, no, you don't. You've been marketed too.
0: I like the taste of you it. Know. It's kind of like you silky, know. kind of. You, you
1: know. I don't. Oh. You can't. No. <laughs> no, I really think they've just done an unbelievable job at product placement and putting it in the right places mm-hmm. that people think it tastes good. Mm-hmm. Poland Spring is the best water on the
0: planet. Okay. My, I grew up with Poland Spring. Poland oh, yeah. Spring
1: is fantastic. Yeah. Maybe uh, Essentia yeah. is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. We're on a bit of a water tangent, but ultimately we drink and consume things every day that are so good. Far. Why can't you do it while also supporting your friend?
0: Yep. Talking about, and we'll kind of transition into your brand, but yeah. before we do, how important is community in this whole world? Not only we'll talk about how you use that to launch your brand, right? But first of all, how did you even build a community? Because you, you had kind of a meme comedy page. Yeah. So how do you, get out from behind that because a lot of people, it's kind of a faceless brand, right? Because they're not following you personally. They're not following Ben. They're following the funny tweets I see on my Instagram page. So how do you build a community?
1: And believe me in the beginning, they let me know that they weren't following me
0: (laughs) for my face. They're like, I don't wanna see your fat face. Give me the
1: memes. And it's like, all right, slow down. Just give me a minute. I promise I'm funny and I'll also add value to your your daily life. (laughs) Instagram stories changed the game. That's what it was. Stories gave me an outlet that wasn't in feed, in your face every day for me to start to show my face without it being something that was so intense and disruptive to the normal flow of Boy With No Job. Uh, my yes, wife yeah. also has a podcast that's blown up called The Morning Toast, oh, yeah. where I'll go on The Morning Toast, people will see my face. Ultimately, the obviously the brands are intertwined and so all of that really led to it being something where I can show my face. Uh, So Instagram stories though, that was an unbelievable update, at least for me. That gave me the opportunity to authentically show my face to my audience.
0: I didn't know that, but that makes sense because you can't just on your page drop in. I couldn't then, I couldn't just drop a picture of myself.
1: Yeah, they'd be like, what is this? What is this? But now if I drop a picture of myself, Totally fine. I do it sparingly. Like yeah. if I have like a, did like a nice beach photo shoot where I'm running like Baywatch, like it was like half funny, half like, oh wow, this is gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Um, and like stuff like that does really well. So, but. Now, before we get into user community to, to kind of grow and build a brand. Yeah. First of all, just cause there's a lot of aspiring or young creators watching this too. How do you build a community? I mean, I'm looking to yeah. do it. The person watching is looking to do it.
1: Yeah. How do you do it? So, first and foremost, especially when you launch a business, you have to rebuild the community. I wanna talk about that after I talk about building yeah, yeah, the yeah. initial community. Yep. But just because you launch a brand doesn't mean that you can lean on the community from boy with no job and girl with no job and the morning toast. You need to build a spirit society community yep. that of course was created through the initial base and the nucleus of those fans but ultimately they need their own community within spurt society for it to be something that they really bring into their life and introduce to their friends. The way that you grow a community, I really think is just owning your craft, being really, really true to that. It's the same way as not trying to be an influencer and becoming an influencer and people end up respecting you. And then I think it's community engagement. Like I like go on stories and do Q and A's or I'll do meet and greets or we'll do I think it's finding ways to interact with them and not make it such a one-way street, uh, I think is the best way to grow community. So for you, I mean, all the videos that you've done are fantastic mm-hmm. maybe ask, I don't know if you do this, ask your Instagram audience who do they want to see yeah uh, and bring them into the fold and maybe have one of these be live and invite 16 of your followers and make it seem like there are 6,000 people that are watching, you not yeah, just 16, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But that like you and your brand and what you're doing is idea. bigger than just this. Yep. It's also them, right? So I think that it's all about being empathetic. I hate that word but because it's so overused, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but being empathetic and understanding that it's really, it's a choice for the consumer to follow you. They could follow anybody. Plenty of people out there to follow. So we're really lucky to have the followers that we have each and every one of them. And it's important to make sure that they feel supported, loved, and that
0: you care, that they care about you. Of course. Yeah. Now talk about how I read how you kind of used, you know, that, and I like how you said that too, because it's true. You look at the people, uh, the fans of Boy With No Job, right? It's this big pie. Yep. Now, not everybody, a nope. small percentage is gonna wanna be part of the Spritz society, Correct. right? But I heard you reached out to a bunch of yes. followers, like thousands, Yes. as kind of a as re, like a research tool, almost, which was so smart. Talk about how you used your community. Yeah, so we knew that if
1: we launched a tequila brand, yep. no one would give a right? Like looked at trends, saw that tequila is where all these celebrities are launching brands. Ultimately, they have their tequilas ready. They have, if we wanted to launch a canned alcohol brand, a hard seltzer brand, they have, truly, they have White Claw. All of this exists. The only way that we were going to be able to successfully build a brand and get pulled through online and in stores is if we built it through the community. So I went out to my followers and asked them their opinions on logos, flavors, can designs, alcohol percentage, alcohol base. DM'd that to thousands of my followers by hand. If somebody can make a a so that I don't have to do that with my thumb. <laughs> I would it to a th- like literally wow. thousands of people and we called that R&D group, the Sprit Society. So the name of the brand Spritz Society comes from the, I'm gonna use this word again, that I hate empathetically. We it's took, twice. It's twice now that I've said it. Uh, it was the empathetic approach to brand building. It was understanding that if I'm asking you to buy something in a crowded market, that I need your help in carving white space. Mm -hmm. There's always something missing. You just have to ask the right person and the right group of people to point you in the direction because these macro trends that you get from Nielsen or IRI and you look at all this data, it's so not of the moment. It doesn't show you the big picture at all. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't show you what consumers really care about. Like it won't show you or wouldn't have shown you that there was a lack of transparency in the hard seltzer space what do you mean hard seltzer mm-hmm. consumers thought it was hard yes. spirits tequila vodka i sure. don't know if you know this but it's not yeah they thought i'm picking up a hard seltzer it's a tequila, it's base, a tequila or base or, something. or a vodka base or something right yeah it makes sense and there's nothing on the back that tells them otherwise yeah like nobody is reading like the difference between Uh, X ingredient that they've never heard of, or malt. Like they don't know what these things are. Uh And so what came out of the R&D process with the community was first and foremost, give us something with a transparent base. We're wine drinkers, so Mm -hmm. use wine. Yeah. Wine-based sparkling cocktails and make something that tastes good because all these products don't taste good. So we spent a year in R&D and ultimately made them something that they loved, but it was all about asking them what they were looking for to ensure that it wouldn't just be another thing. Yeah. It needed to be their thing.
0: You know, it's so good, and I'll give a shout out to Deepika Mudyala. Hopefully I pronounced your name right, but she, I interviewed her a couple weeks ago and check out the interview. She founded um, Live Tinted and her deal, she's Indian, and she had dark circles under her eyes. And that was something apparently that's common with mm-hmm. you know Indian women. And she made a YouTube video of like her hack, you know? Yeah. So, She put red lipstick, who knew, under her eyes and put some, I don't know. And it fixed it, right? So she kind of built a following based on that. And she did that for a while and people, she built a community first. She started a live tinted community with no product associated with it. Wow. Just to talk about, you know, um, women of color, what kind of makeup issues they had. Yeah. And for a year she did that and guess what? Yeah. They told her exactly what product they wanted to buy. Yep. Guess what? She just made that product. Yep. Super successful. Mm-hmm. You know, so smart. It's so smart, but yeah. people do it the other way. It's because the, I want the product yeah. first, and I'll figure out the community part second.
1: It's because uh, we're trained the way that we've been doing this for the last thirty years. Is somebody that like celebrities are not business people, right? No. They've always been completely separate. If you're an actor, you're also not going to run a business because you're acting. Influencers are the perfect hybrid between the two where it's not you're going to make a product and you're going to go find a celebrity to attach yourself to. That's the way that these deals typically work, right? It's inauthentic though. Nine times out of 10 because if the celebrity doesn't get behind it, the brand's going to fall to the Mm -hmm. wayside. Their audience doesn't think that it's theirs. They think that They're just again, trying to get a check and trying to make some money. Mm -hmm. So if you can bridge the gap between the two and launch the business and be the face of the business and use your community for the business, I think it's just the new way of launching brands. I think that the new way should be approaching a celebrity and asking them, what do you wanna make? What do you love to do? and then the company can go and make it with them. Mm-hmm. Too often people are being approached, hey, I have a failing vodka company Want <laughs> half of it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it pops off Yeah, or it dies. Yeah. And I don't know, I just think that in a world that's craving authenticity, the key is to build through community.
0: Now, okay, so, you know, if you're a creator watching this, this goes, oh, okay, this all makes sense. This is something yeah. I can apply. But how about to the person watching who has, you know, uh, a screwdriver brand, yeah. or you know, some consumer brand that's not in the influencer world and aren't going to—they're not going to partner with Jake Paul to build something. How do they build? Like, what are some tips for a normal yeah. business to
1: build community? Uh, for the screwdriver brand, <laughs> sure. you find there—if you have a good—you need to have a solid brand, right? Yeah, of course. If they have a solid brand and are selling screwdrivers, yeah. I guarantee that there's somebody with influence using their screwdriver. And that person using their screwdriver already is now their first influencer. Go find that person, search the hashtag of your brand or the tags of your brand. Again, I never know what works anywhere these days. Sometimes
0: hashtags work sometimes. I know, yeah.
1: And find who is using your screwdriver and go and approach them. And then do find some way with a retailer. Maybe you're in Home Depot and do, uh live demos with that influencer in home depot like it's just finding so, the authentic way to do it
0: you're so it's right. so
1: it's so easy like yeah or come out of it's funny uh get is tim allen controversial i think he is i think he's are right? political he okay whatever i remember he was arrested for cocaine yeah Did that's you know not, that? not good. i didn't know that but that's not good for tim allen Th- but that was when he before he got famous he oh he was really? a coke dealer he was at FYF. He was a dealer distributing cocaine. Oh yes. yes. my God. Well, I was thinking about him in Home Improvement. Of course, of course. I and then he got political. But say he didn't get political. Say he didn't. Say yeah. he was a, an uncontroversial, yeah. perfect person that you want to align with. Yeah. Go to Tim Allen and do a commercial yeah. with your drill uh, because everybody in the demo will remember Home Improvement and find yeah. a way to license the, the uh, theme song. And there are authentic ways to do it without going and slapping a random celebrity's name on it.
0: You know, you're so right. And a screwdriver is just something that just popped in my yeah. head. I don't know why, because I don't know how to fix anything. Yeah, I, never, I never used <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> my wife doesn't let me forget it either. You're not Andy, all huh, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but you're so right. There is a screwdriver influencer. Yeah. And you know, what does it look like? Maybe it's the do it yourself fix it guy who yeah. has a channel on YouTube. Yeah. And guess what? If you put your screwdriver in his hand, a bunch of people are gonna see that. Yeah. And why don't you make a custom, you know, Mark Smith screwdriver? Absolutely. You know, with absolutely. a special color handle or something. Yeah, like that. absolutely. It, Always an authentic way,
1: which is why it's so funny. Like why are brands so lazy? That's what I was gonna say. So what are they missing? You, you've been- They have too much money. That's it. Is that what it is? Yeah, these big brands have too much money. Okay. They know, for example, in the alcohol space, yes. the reason why it's hard for big brands to build brands, which is why they buy brands instead of build yeah. brands, is they can snap their fingers and get the product in every single liquor store or grocery store in the country. Yeah. The problem is if you don't have a community and you don't have a reason to buy it, it's different from the reason to buy the other products, mm-hmm. it's not gonna move off the shelf and it's gonna go out of business. Yeah. So it's it's too easy, it's too easy for them. They've They've finished the game already mm-hmm. and now they're trying to figure out how they play it again with a new entrant and it's impossible, it really is. Mm-hmm. So I think that ultimately they have too much money and they uh, just don't use it in the right ways. It's funny, we were talking about this before. Like we made a product that tastes amazing. Spirit Society tastes amazing. I wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way because audiences are also critical. Like if I made a product that tastes like dog they're gonna, They're gonna tell, tell me. You. They're gonna tell me like, why are you a snake oil salesman? Yep. Why are you selling me a product that doesn't taste good? Yep. And there Our goes part- the community. Exactly, Your yep. product tastes amazing. It was important to us that it did. And so many of these brands don't. It's because they prioritize, maybe it's a tax benefit by using a specific type of alcohol. Maybe it's a tax benefit by being a certain level of carbonation. Maybe it's a t- like, these things are very, very realistic. And when you look at the macro scale of these businesses, mm-hmm. Every penny counts. And the question is, who's winning? Is it R&D or is it the person running the books? And the person, the CFO- Usually wins. Usually
0: wins. 100%. I think home corporate- uh, Because
1: consumers really at scale will end up buying anything. Dasani being that it, example. It, why? Because it's on the shelf. Because it's there. It's there. I need it's water. there. It's there. But it's it's different when you start to enter niche categories or, or water is water. Yeah. Like people are gonna end up buying water. But.
0: So what the hell do you know about launching a startup? Nothing. Yes. <laughs> so where does, I knew nothing. Yeah. So where does this all? Did you learn a lot from Gary? Kind of watching so, him. Like yes, yeah, Where so does what? all this come from?
1: So I spent my career uh, understanding product market fit, running celebrity and influencer-driven marketing companies, uh, working for some of the biggest companies in the world or with some of the biggest companies in the world. And what it came back to is that marketing drives everything, everything. If you have a bad product, you can still sell it with great marketing. And if you have a great product with great marketing, all of a sudden, game over. over. Um, So I had that background. Uh, I've always been very entrepreneurial. I'm a big ideas guy. I would say I've had 9,000 bad ideas. And I felt that this was a really, really great idea. And it was the right time in a market that will be $87 billion by 2030, the RTD market. Wow. So if we can just capture a sliver, RTD is ready to drink. Okay. If we can just capture a sliver of that market, all of a sudden this is a successful business. But ultimately, brought on a great team that's way smarter than me, filled my blind spots,
0: Now the team's now 14, 15 strong. I was gonna ask you that, I forget the gentleman's name, but you will tell me who had a liquor background because what do you know about how distributors in New York City work versus every state's different with liquor laws and stuff, right? So you don't have that background. Where, Where do you find the person who does? I knew nothing.
1: First and foremost, I learned an unbelievable amount in the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable amount, but when I first entered, I was unbelievably green. I knew nothing about the wine and spirits industry. We had great advisors, we hired great people, Mm -hmm. showed them, again, the power of our community is what not only has driven people to buy the product, but it's driven people to wanna work for us. And invest in you too. And invest, of course. And they see that and they're like, oh, this is cool, this is special. I no longer wanna work for X huge brand where I'm just, in my classic nine to five, it's the hybrid approach, right? Mm-hmm. The hybrid is working for a startup. If you're not ready to launch your own business, come work for a startup where you see so much more than just your regular day to day job. You have so much more opportunity to push your skill set and learn, and ultimately you could have a great exit event. Everybody at my company, has equity. I wouldn't have it any other way because if I win, I want you to win. That's great. Why would I have you work as hard as you possibly can if you're not going to win? Mm-hmm. Um, so really it was just surrounding myself with people that are way smarter across sales, marketing, finance, supply chain. We launched this business during COVID. Everybody was like, <laughs> supply chain is a nightmare, oh, right? yeah,
0: in every category.
1: In every category. So I needed somebody that had two decades of supply chain experience in Bev Alc and I got that person. Now, where do you
0: find that person?
1: Uh, Sometimes it's recruiters. Okay. Uh, Recruiters, I don't think work. I think they end up giving you employees that want to leave and ultimately you don't want the person that wants to leave. You want the person that's really happy, that's crushing it and at the top of their game to want to leave their company and come to you. So really it's been a lot of LinkedIn. I am messaging people from other companies and poaching. I'm hand poaching. I'm like, I, I know that you're probably happy here, but if you have 30 minutes to hop on a Zoom, I'd love to tell you my story and see if
0: it's something that is intriguing to you. Well, just pause on that real quick too, because because now that I'm kind of doing more business content, yeah. I just followed you on LinkedIn to yeah. accept my invitation to I connect. I I promise. <laughs> you know, don't go, me. Up. But I'm, you know, I'm starting to use it more where I didn't before. Yeah. Um, and also because I had a nine to five, so I had to kind of keep this side of me quiet. Yeah. I couldn't promote it, but now I can. And talk. it seems like you've done a really good job of using social to network, which I think is really beneficial because most people aren't extroverts and don't feel comfortable at a you know, public event going up to somebody you know, who's more successful than them and introducing themselves or, you know, people have trouble with that, a lot of people do. But doing it online, there's, it's more comfortable, there's kind of less risk associated with it. From you sending those DMs, those 3,000 DMs to your followers, going, What do you think about this? What do you want? Yeah. To you going, Okay, I need somebody with logistics experience. Yeah. Where do I find them? Well, by the, the way, way if, they had, if they had an
1: Instagram, I would do it on Instagram. They don't.
0: So yeah. I do it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. Yeah. But, but you've done it successfully. What can people learn from that?
1: <sighs> it's really, really hard because the answer that I'm going to give is not the answer that is right for the everyday person. Okay. I've leveraged the fact that I, grew a large following and, and verified to the point that people trust me. Yeah. Whether or not the verification, uh, like- It matters. It, it does, it, it does. really, really does. Yep. And in your example of not wanting to go up to somebody in real life and introduce yourself, it's almost like somebody pre-introduced you to that person, told them that you're legit and they should give you the time of day. Yeah, It makes it significantly easier when I can go to somebody it's true. and tell them what I've built versus give me a shot, right? So uh, Instagram, Instagram verification, LinkedIn, being able to lean on my social and my influence on LinkedIn Uh, has made recruiting and getting people to listen to me far easier.
0: You know what's funny? And again, sorry, this doesn't apply probably to most people too, but for me getting verified on on Twitter was huge because now I could cut through all the other interview requests and be like, oh, this guy seems like he's legit. Exactly. (laughs) He's got a blue check, I don't know. Let's give him a shot where before I didn't get a reply to DMs. Yeah. And it's so hard, but even without that check, I was still DMing like crazy. Yeah, it's kind of a numbers game too. For sure. You know, it's like dating. Sometimes you have to, you know, go on 10 bad dates to find that one person who's kind of worth going on a second and third date with. And it sucks getting kind of ignored and stuff, but you- It's part of the game. It is part of the game. It's part of sales. By the way, it doesn't
1: suck to be ignored. Like it's- No, I don't think so. I I read something, it's like every no, is every no, you're a step closer to your yes.
0: Yeah. Ultimately,
1: you're gonna get a yes, Yeah. but it's just, when is it gonna come? Yeah. And it's just, it's the same thing in everything. You're just pounding the pavement and trying to
0: build your own following and True. what you're doing, so. So kinda to wrap up, really, it sounds like, I mean, the takeaway for me with this is, I'm not launching a product, right? <laughs> but if I was, yeah. it, it seems like there's two things to do. Yeah. Have a good product. Yeah. That's number one. Yep. Probably the most important thing. Yeah. But also building a community yeah. around that product. And actually, if you could do the reverse and build a community first, you're probably gonna be in a lot better shape.
1: Yeah. And the third thing is know what you don't know and hire people that know it. Like there's no reason to have an ego here. Like I publicly state every day, I have no beverage alcohol experience. I'm learning it every day because mm-hmm. I think I'm a fast learner. But ultimately, if I didn't hire people that knew what the f- they were doing, mm-hmm. this business would have failed two years ago. Like you need to surround yourself with a great team, community product. Those are the three things to me.
0: Any uh, you
1: know, final tips for the young entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Just do it, like just actually do it though. Like mm-hmm. again, I had 9,000 ideas and I never gave them a chance. There were ideas that maybe made it into like a lame business presentation, but that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's ultimately when you're trying to raise money, of course you have to put together a deck and uh, need to act like accurately tell your story. But just do it. Like get up and do it. It seems so easy, but people don't do it. People love being idea guys. Oh, this is a great idea. And they never do it. They don't make the product. They don't taste like there's nothing there. Literally the first step is make your product. If it's a if it's CPG, make your product. It doesn't cost you that much money to make your product once. Yeah. Make it. Introduce it to your friends. See if they like it. If they like it, somebody probably knows somebody who invests in products. Get them excited about it. You know? But really just start and people are going to tell you not to because Everybody, unfortunately in this world is miserable <laughs> and they hate seeing others win. Of course. So just know that you actually can win. Like the same way that we were talking about screwdriver guy, yeah. the fact that he exists means that he didn't listen to anyone. If I came to you and said, I want to become a screwdriver influencer, you would laugh, <laughs> right? And maybe that guy's making a ton of money and crushing it. It probably is. Because there is a niche. Yeah. So start it, do it, listen to yourself, trust yourself. That would be my advice.
0: Great. I don't know. I mean, I think that's a great place (laughs) to end, right? Why not? Yeah, why not? Just do it. Just Just do it and try. Do it and try, (laughs) guys. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe. Turn on notifications. New interviews every Tuesday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Interviews with really entrepreneurs from all walks of life. Today we talked about the beverage industry. Next week I've got Rich the Kid, the rapper, to talk about crypto and NFTs. You never know what you're gonna get but you're always going to get tips to grow or start your own business so thank you so much for watching guys